0: Church, let's put our hands together. Let's be the church. Uh, the building we sit in is Church Small C, but we are Church Big C, and it is God's only plan for this planet. Your mouth, your language, your hand. So glad you are here. If we haven't met each other before, if we haven't seen each other for a while, you forgot who I am. My name is Scott. And I'm one of the pastors, and I am thrilled you're here. And the church family is really glad you're here as well. Aren't you? Aren't you glad, like people are around you? Come on. Come on. Just tell your neighbor, I'm glad you're here. Go ahead. And now your second choice. Always tell your second choice, I'm glad you're here too. We're continuing our series called Never Give Up, based on Hebrews chapter 11. Men and women of faith who just didn't give up. And you're here's the thing about this whole series. You are guaranteed the win. You are absolutely guaranteed the win if you don't give up. And today we're talking about tearing down, breaking down walls. Our study roots around Hebrews chapter 11. So you may want to open up there. There's only one verse we're going to really pull from there though. Because this this is not just one character. I want you to get this. We've been studying about characters. Moses, that's a character. Jonah. No, we didn't study about Jonah. Noah. I get those guys confused. The water thing. Sarah. Uh, today, it's a, it's, a, it's a group effort. And please get that. Because in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30, it's a group effort. We're going to talk about the walls coming down. And here's what the scripture tells us. The big story is found in Joshua chapter 6. So if you want to find Joshua and open chapter 6, we'll be there in a few minutes. But here's what it says. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army. This is a collective effort. It's not just a one. Joshua was the leader, absolutely. But this effort of faith to see walls come down is a community of faith effort. If you join with a community of faith, you are going to see greater miracles than if you live as an individual of faith. I'm gonna say that again. If you join with a community of faith, you are going to see greater miracles than if you lived as an individual of faith. And that's an important truth in this, it was the army, it was the collective, it was all of God's people that came uh, to Jericho, and there were walls, and so uh, uh, we're going to have a short construction project. I'm going to get some wall-moving, wall-constructing help here uh, with the father-son team. Look at this. The, the Groover Construction Company, they not only lead worship, they build walls. Come on, give it up. Why? Look at, look at, Look at the, look at the style. Look at look at the uh, look at the style that's so beautiful guys. Okay, sort of about center stage. Yeah, that's about good. Okay, about center. Very 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 good. Let's sort of get this thing. Let's get this let's get this thing. I want okay, that's what I need. I need that thing there at the okay, that's good. Bring that sort of here. That's it. Okay, that well, you want to go that way. Go that way with that. This way with this. Okay, here you go. That's good. Keep no no the keep going back. Keep going back. Keep going back. <laughs> keep going back. Come on. Keep going back. That's good. Keep going. Okay. I'll come back and help you. Yeah, that's what I want. That's what, I, that's what I'm looking for. Something like that. Okay. Oh, this is sort of a, an ugly gap in the wall here. Okay. Okay. Very good. Give me a, give a hand. The uh, Groover, uh, construction company. The walls of Jericho were much taller than this. 35 feet tall, That's uh, if you stand at a basketball hoop, that's 10 feet. So you stand, and then double that. Then put another one up there, then 5 feet. Uh, 14 feet thick. So they're standing. In fact, Joshua chapter 6 says that as the people of God came into Jericho, or by Jericho, they shut the gates. And look what it says, last sentence. You see that? Let's read this last sentence of 6 and 1 together. No one went out, and no one came in. It was impregnable. Is that the right word? It was impregnable. You couldn't make it pregnant. That wall was not getting pregnant for nothing. Now here's the, here's the truth. Get this. because The people of God had come in to the Promised Land. That's the story. They had crossed the Jordan River, They were at the gateway to their promise. But walls and the walled city of Jericho stood between where they were and reaching and fulfilling and getting all the promises that God had for them. Did you get that? They came into the promised land. They were at the gateway. But to capture the promised land, they had to see these walls come down, and that's what we're talking about. Because everyone here is at some point in your spiritual life and development. But I'm here to remind you, there is so much more for you. There's so much more. And between where you are and where God wants you to be, the enemy is working as hard as he can to construct walls, to keep you where you're at, and to keep you from moving forward. But I've got good news for you. Today is a day that the walls are coming down. Okay, get that in your heart. I I don't know what walls you are facing. Um, I'm going to go through several that are revealed in Scripture, and maybe one of them will resonate with you. Or it could be a totally different wall. Here are some of the walls that I know people are facing today that are keeping you where you are at. The walls of today. Here's a big one. The wall of worry. (laughs) Worry thinks about every bad thing that could happen. It looks at this next week and starts going, "Uh, this could happen on Monday and that would be bad and this could happen on Tuesday that would be bad. Worry steals your sleep at night and makes your days miserable. And here's Jesus' advice on worry. Do you want, how many would like to get Jesus' advice on worry? Jesus, here's here's Jesus Jesus teaching on worry. Are you ready? Do not worry. Okay. okay. Just, okay, okay let's, let's try. I know it's hard. It's very deep, but it's Jesus, so we can trust it. Here it is. Maybe we could say it together. It's a long thing to memorize, but maybe you could, tell, you could memorize the whole teaching, Jesus' whole teaching on worry. Ready? Do not worry. Sign Jesus. He says if you worry, it, it doesn't change anything. So just help me by nudging your neighbor and just be Jesus for them and just tell them right now go ahead, tell them, do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. Because worry will keep you on this side of the wall when God wants you on the other side of the wall. How about this? How about this wall? The wall, maybe you know somebody. Maybe you have a friend or a cousin or a distant relative. The wall of anger. It, the wall of anger keeps you on one side. All the promises, there's promises on the other side. But as long as you stay locked in anger, you are going to be living a less than life when God calls you to live a more than life. Here's what anger does. Anger says, you, with that beautiful Hope shirt, you're styling, bro, I can tell. Yes, available in the bookstore. That's subliminal advertising right there. You are keeping me from God's best. Because you have done something. You've said something. You've taken some action. And I am so... Some of you don't use the word anger. I'm so bitter. That's more Christian to be bitter. I, or I, I, I saw... I resent. I'm so resentful and my focus is on you. You are keeping me. I would be on the other side of God's blessing. But my, you have done something to keep me from God's blessing. And that is a lie. You have nothing to do with me getting to the other side. What I need to do is forgive you because that tears down the wall of anger and I can march in to receive my promise if I'll follow the instruction of Scripture which says get rid of some bitterness. Thank you, thank you, thank you for, thank, thank you for following along. Get rid of, everybody, get rid of all bitterness, all rage, all anger, all brawling, all slander, along with every kind of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another, and do what? And forgive each other. Because that tears down the wall of anger. How about this wall? The wall of loneliness. The wall that, say, the, the wall that says, I, I, I can't overcome this wall because nobody really cares for me. Nobody's really in my corner. I come to church. I know there's hundreds of people here. But your feeling is you are all alone. It will lead to depression. It did it for the prophet Elijah, who in 1 Kings 19 said, Oh God, I'm I'm the only one. I am the only one. As long as you, let me bring you back to the truth I started with. It is a community of faith that helps walls come down. So God's message is to you, you are connected to a community of faith. In fact, God's message to you today is you are not alone. The people around you love you and care for you, whether you know it or not. Even if someone was rude to you in the parking lot. Okay, just tell you, there's a lot of imperfect people that come here. So, but but there's also a lot of really beautiful people. So if you meet a turkey, just keep on going. Don't get your eyes on the turkey. Upgrade to an eagle. A lot of eagle people around here. Just connect with one of them. And they love you. And here's the message. You are not alone. In fact, the Lord says in Deuteronomy, hey... Be courageous, be strong, don't be afraid, don't be terrified because of who you're facing or the walls you're facing, the Lord goes with you. I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. In fact, Jesus said the same thing. He said, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. How many know we haven't met the end of the world yet? You're still, How many are still here? If your neighbor didn't put their hand up, we just keep your eye on them right now you are and here and there the, I want the enemy wants to keep you in isolation and loneliness because as long as you stay in isolation and loneliness you will stay on this side of the wall but when you start marching with the army when you get in lockstep with the people of God walls in your life are going to come down at a greater level than ever before how about this one the the, the lies that keep us. The lies that say you're not good enough, the lies that say the wall is too tall, the lies that that say you've tried this before and you weren't successful, the lies that say don't try again, they all come from the one that Jesus calls the father of lies. Jesus also said that this is a moment that you can come to truth and that the truth will set you free. The truth will bring the lies of the enemy down and let you move into the promises of God. It's a day for you to overcome the father of lies. It's a day for truth to penetrate your heart, mind, and soul. And it's a day for you to watch the walls come down. And then the last one, I'll just talk about skepticism briefly. Skepticism says, I doubt it. It's what kept God's people out of the promised land 40 years earlier when they came right up to the edge. You may be there today. You could be at the edge of God's promise. You could be the edge of breakthrough. You could be at the edge of the walls coming down. But you look at the walls and say, I doubt it. I talked to a dear, dear lady in between the services. And this is what we talked about. Because she's trying to wrestle through. And it's okay to ask questions about God. It's okay to have doubts. As long as you hear the voice of Jesus speaking to your doubts. Here's what Jesus says. Let your doubts go. What he says, offload your doubts so you can onload faith rooted in Jesus Christ and then you will speak, and we sang it already, you will speak to the mountains and the mountains will move. The walls will come down. So these may resonate with you or it could be something altogether different. But a wall is anything, anything or anyone, any job, Any relationship, any material good, any desire that keeps you from the promises of God. They were on one side of the wall, and where did they need to get? They needed to, by faith, get to the other side of the wall. So let me briefly unpack with you Joshua's journey in Judges chapter 5 and verse 6, chapter 5 and chapter 6, his journey towards seeing the walls come down and it will resonate with us. The first thing that all of us should have today, and really every time we come together, every time we come together in this place, every time you have your personal time of prayer, every time you read God's Word, you should have a fresh encounter and a fresh meeting with the Lord. And this was the first thing that turned Joshua towards seeing the walls of Jericho come down. In chapter 5, it says that he was out and he was surveying, he was getting ready for, he was trying to probably devise a battle plan. And the scripture says that he came near Jericho. He was maybe looking for, is there, a, is there a weakness in the wall? Is there, what strategy, really what he was looking for is what strategy should we use to overcome the walls of Jericho? And while he was out surveying the walls, um, what was he looking at? That was brilliant. Someone got it right here, right, thank you. So he's just looking at the walls. Now get this, okay, they're pretty tall, can we get a ladder that high, how many guys can we get up a ladder, now a transition takes place and he stops looking at the walls and this is a breakthrough moment for you. If it happens in this service, glory be to God. It's the moment you stop looking at the wall and you start looking at the Lord. Watch what happens. While he was out, standing near Jericho, he looked up and he saw the wall. Follow along, please. No. He looked and saw a a man standing in front of him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua asks a very good question. Are you for us or are you for our enemies? The answer comes from this person that's standing in front of him. Neither. Neither. I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Wow. Let me just ask you, to you, who is the commander of the army of the Lord? Okay. Theologians believe, many scholars believe, that this is what's called in uh, theology a theophany. It's an appearance of God in human form before the incarnation of Bethlehem. And he shows up. Now, some believe it was just a mighty angel. I'm in the belief that this was more than just a mighty angel, but this was the Lord. See, I just, when I read the scriptures, the Lord was so anxious to be part of human history that he shows up before his, curtain, before his call. It's like, uh, and there's certain times in the Hebrew scriptures, literally, he shows up. And I believe this is one of them. The reason I believe that is because the response of Joshua to this character, what does he do? He falls face down on the ground. He falls in a position of worship, and angels do not receive our worship. We love angels. They work with us, but they are created beings just like we are created beings. If you worship an angel, an angel will say, hold it right there. It's not about me. I'm a creation just like you. It's about the one who created us. But Joshua falls face down in a position of worship. He's not corrected. And then his, a- his ask to this person is, what does the Lord have to say to me? What do I need to hear? Wow, that's a, that's a, a great question. So here, I would love you to meet the Lord today in a fresh way. I'd like you to have an encounter. This encounter is very similar to Moses' encounter. When Moses encountered the presence of the Lord in the burning bush, the the voice said, take off your sandals. The the ground you're standing on is holy ground. And the Lord says the same thing to Joshua in this passage. Take off your sandals. The ground you're standing on is holy. Why was it holy? Because the Lord was there. And I'm here to remind you, brothers and sisters, right now in this place, you are on holy ground. The Lord is here. We just want you to meet him. Because when you meet him, he's going to show you things are not the way you think they are. Watch this. This is the second thing. Before the walls come down, you've got to see him come down. I'll say that again. Before the walls come down, you stop looking at the walls. You start looking at the Lord. He starts speaking to you, and here's what he's going to say to you. Look, same thing he said to Joshua. Hey, I'm going to give you a new perspective. See, that's a good word. Let me just get that word there. See, everybody say see. I have, what's that? That's past tense. I have, he's standing in front of the wall. The wall is 35 feet tall. All of the people of Jericho are inside. They have a spring inside the city that gives them fresh water. It's harvest time. They've already collected all the harvest. They are laid up. They think they are undefeatable. They are safe in the city. But then the Lord says, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its kings and its fighting men. He said, the wall is already down. I just want you to see it. So, so I, I, I don't know what you're looking at. In fact, this is verse 2, and uh, Bible scholars and, and students here, uh, before verse 2 comes verse, thank you so very much. So I just want to ask you, are you living in verse 2 or verse 1? Verse 1 is a totally different perspective. We've already read it. It's a totally different perspective on the issue. Verse 1 says, Jericho was tightly shut up. No one was coming out, and no one was coming in. That's how some of you, if you are in the verse 1 perspective, you look at the wall, you've got your focus on the wall, it's too high, it's too big, I'm never getting to where God wants me to be, I just, I'm going to give up. And the underlining message of Hebrews chapter 11 that we're emphasizing in this series is, don't you dare give up. It's a give up mentality to say, it's, there's just no way. See the difference in verse 2? It's a totally different perspective. Verse 2, he says, hey, you see that wall? It's already down. It looks like it's up. That's only an illusion. I want to bring you into a faith reality. It's already down. The king is already yours. The city's already yours. I just want you to start to see it that way. So which verse are you living in? The impossibility verse or the possibility verse. The verse says nobody's coming in or nobody's coming out. Or the verse, "I, I thought city's already ours. You have to see things differently. Now, then he gives instructions. And the instructions are start walking. Take the next step on your journey towards the miraculous, on your journey towards greater spiritual growth, it is a series of steps in fact he gives the instruction that you are to march around the city once with all the armed men and i want you to do this for how many days for six days now this is a very strange battle plan if you are a military strategist doesn't make a lot of sense but once you hear from the lord once you get your eyes off the wall you start to see things that nobody else sees. You're just going to have to take the next step. And notice they were faithful. They went, they went out the first day and they 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 walked around. Notice that they didn't get detoured. Sometimes in our journey we get distract, we get detoured off to this area. Notice no, stay on the path. And let me tell you, the first six days are hard work, and the first six days are very boring. If you, any great, any great thing that is accomplished, for example, like we're sitting in the church small c, for this church to get here, people had long lists of things to do. Somebody had to apply for the building permit. Oh, that's glory to God. Ooh, that, ooh, just gave me chill. The building permit. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. No, it was a building permit. Somebody had, uh, we were here the day, somebody had to pour an acre of concrete. Oh, glory to God. I'm just telling you, for some, of you some of you want to jump to day seven, but you got to walk through day six. Some of you don't want to do the work of day six. Six days of walking, you just want the miracle of day seven. And I'm just emphasizing to you, there was a process to this journey, and they had to be faithful in walking it out. Order the concrete. Get the building permit. Call the mover to get the boxes to move to Florida. Pack the boxes. Okay, I'm just grinding it out, but I'm here to tell you, day seven is on the way. Here's, I love this. I love this. I love that the, the instruction from Joshua is when you walk on those six days, don't say a thing. You know why? Because if you know the psychology and the sociology of these people, they were complainers. They complained about everything. And if you can't say something good about the journey, just don't say nothing. This is stupid. This is this is the, Joshua, we loved when he opened up the, the, the Jordan. That was cool. We loved that day. But this, this is just, so, it's so hot out here today. And oh, I forgot my sunscreen. So he said, nothing. March in silence. Because silence is better than complaining. Just tweet that out. And, and here, here this, is, this is more tweetable. Small steps produce big accomplishments when they're directed by God. Small steps, keep taking them, small steps produce big results when they're directed by God. For six days, they just took the next step, took the next step. And the natural question is, well, how long do we do that, Scott? You do it until the walls fall down. So if you've been walking by faith, you've been showing up, doing your thing, coming to church. Oh, this is such a boring service. I don't know. know. Do do I have to be here today? I could have have watched it online and turned it off because it's not my kind of message. Keep walking by faith. Keep showing up. Keep serving. Keep loving God because You keep walking by faith until the thing is completed. Notice this. What what day was it that the walls came down? That's everyone? Okay. And on the seventh day, how many times did they walk around? Okay, now that's highly significant. Scripture tells us that on the seventh day, they walked around it seven times, and then they shouted. Seven is the Bible number for completeness. When the world was created in the Genesis story, after seven days, the world was complete. Uh, When Jesus was asked, how many times should we forgive somebody? What did he say? He said seven times 70. And that doesn't mean that we're supposed to be adding them up. That's that's not like that's one. No, what, what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to Forgive until we have completely forgiven. There's a truth in that, too. But I'm not preaching about that right now. But you can, it, you forgive until there's no bitterness. There's no anger. In fact, they don't phase you anymore. You forgive until it's forgiven. It's complete. And, and there will come a time in your walk of faith that it will be completed. That the walls are the day. And here's what the Bible says. Do not become weary in well-doing, but keep doing the right thing, because in due season your walls will come down. So I'm here to say don't give up. Keep walking by faith. Your walls are coming down. Keep walking until the moment that the walls come down, and as they come down, give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. You guys did much better than the first service. The first service was kind of flat at that dramatic moment. So kudos, kudos to the 11 o'clock people. That, that extra sleep really helps you. <laughs> now let me come back to the first thought and, and remind you of this. That the reason that we all need to keep walking by faith is because it is a community thing. When the walls came down, everyone was affected. Your faithful walking is not just for you. Your faithful walking is for those you are walking with. And you are affecting people that you don't even know you're affecting. And I just want to encourage you. Uh, the, the seat I sit in and the role I play in the fellowship is I hear a lot of stories. And I love that. I, oh, oh, God is doing this over here. Oh, that's so good. And God is, oh, that is such a great story. In fact, I know that if I had the opportunity, which I would love to do, just go person by person, and listen to what God is doing. It's, it's amazing. And all that is happening in individuals is amplified as we walk together. So I heard a cool uh, story uh, this last week. Uh, you probably, I don't know if anyone has ever met, I met this young lady, Sukra uh, Chow, uh, my dad, Sukra Chow, or Sukra Chow, however you pronounce it, Chinese. Chinese student that came here, Ph.D. student, Buddhist. And uh, she wrote recently uh, back to the church to Pastor Earl because as we walked by faith, this was a dramatic day in her life that God brought walls down. She opened her heart. She received Christ, and she writes specifically to Pastor Earl because when she opened her life to Christ, uh, she got saved, but not in this room. How many know you don't need to be in this room to get saved? You can get saved in the nursery. You can get saved in kids' ministry. You can get saved in a—they were down at the south end of the hall. She was in that room. Pastor Earl was speaking, walking out by faith, and the lights came on. And her walls came down. And she she writes to say, every time I meet someone, dear Pastor Earl, she says, every time I meet someone who asks me, how did you come to know Jesus? How did you move from being a Buddhist to a Christian? I tell the people the beautiful story of how I came to saving faith by listening to your sermon on that Sunday. I have a photographic memory of the day. I picture your slides and the seed that was sprouting from the ground and the brief talk that you and I had later in your office. I remember the lady in reception. I want to show you this. She prayed. Things happened. Then she had another significant encounter, someone we don't even know their name, in VIP, in reception, just walking by face, showing up to meet new people. I remember the lady in reception who gave me a Bible and a cup. Very important on your faith journey that you get a cup. No, more important that you get the Bible. Both of which I still have and I'm using to this day. You'll be blessed if you use our cups. Better if you use the Bible. The lady in reception said, did you come here alone by yourself? And I answered yes. And she shook her head and said no. I said, yes, I am. I'm by myself. I'm flying back to Houston by myself. And the lady in reception said, no, you are not going back alone because Jesus is with you. I was very, very happy. I couldn't find a better word to describe how I felt at that moment. So just showing this. Pastor Earl just down there marching it out by faith, telling people about Jesus, got his seed sprouting, whatever that was about. Reception lady, whoever, we don't even know who that is, giving a cough, giving a cup in the, the Lord's name. And then everyone that works in tech, she was discipled primarily. Once she received Christ, she was discipled primarily through our online presence. So everyone that helps that online presence, everyone that's part of that, she watched lesson after lesson teaching after teaching she was discipled she did find a home church and she's in that church now but um you you all were just you're a part of that and she's never been the same sometimes and she talks about some personal challenges i won't read those but sometimes when i'm facing challenges and i don't think i can overcome i'm reminded of the day that i opened my heart to jesus christ and I receive strength and help. My favorite scripture is Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I am not afraid, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Thank you so very much. God bless you. And she signs her name. Okay. This is why this Buddhist PhD student comes, and we're just doing our thing. And I know sometimes you don't feel like doing it. Some of you didn't feel like coming today. But here you are. And some, I know some are better. I know some days are wall falling down days. But sometimes it's day one. That was good. It was okay. Scott could have been better today. Could be day two. But we keep walking by faith. We keep marching. Because the influence of your marching is not just for you. It's a community thing. You are not only helping walls to fall down in your life, you are helping walls to fall down in many lives, many of which you aren't even aware of. But someday when we stand before the Lord and He says, hey, I'd like to introduce you to some people, that your faithful walking out brought down walls. And then i just want to remind you that if you are here today and there are walls stumbling blocks people personalities things issues that have got in between your life and where god wants you to be this is the day for you to let those go this is your the day for you to have an encounter with jesus to get your eyes off anyone or anything or any doubt or any fear or any worry get your eyes off of all of that and and have a moment with jesus and let him show you how he wants to tear down the walls of anything that is keeping you from where you are now and where he wants you to be, that this would be a moment where walls come down, where you move forward by faith, and this would be a day of incredible victory as you walk by faith from this place into a new reality, into new spiritual growth, and this would be a incredible day of victory for you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's uh, stand together for prayer. Let's close our eyes and let's open our hearts. Inviting our prayer team to come and get ready to minister in the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just invite in this moment your wonderful Spirit to speak to all of your sons, all of the men that are here, speak to their hearts, take their eyes off of the walls. That would be holding them back. Maybe it's a long time since they had some spiritual growth and development. Take their eyes off the walls and get them on the one who commands the armies of the Lord. And Lord, may we, may we be humbled before your presence. And may we hear your voice, not my voice, but when we hear the most important voice in this room, and that's your voice. And may you draw us to a point of faith where walls come down. May this be that kind of day. And so we want to welcome your presence and your power to do the miraculous in this house. And we're going to pray a prayer together. A prayer of opening our hearts and our lives to the presence and the power of Jesus Christ. Maybe this is the first time you've considered opening your heart to God through Jesus Christ. Well, I encourage you to do that. invite you to do that. You don't have to be good enough to do that. This young lady, Sukra Chow, came far away from God, but Jesus drew her. If your heart is beating and you feel that drawing, that's the presence of Jesus drawing you. And so we just want you to open your heart. And here's a prayer that invites the presence and the power of Jesus into our lives. So we're going to all pray together. I invite every single person in a good, strong voice to fill this room with our voices, a prayer, and surrender with this prayer. And lift your voice out loud, say with all the people around you, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I open my heart, my life, to Jesus Christ. I repent of my sins, and I leave them behind. I turn towards you, Lord, to receive your forgiveness, your love, your grace, your mercy. Lead me from this place into new lands, new territories, new growth. Help me to follow Jesus every day of my life. In Jesus' name we pray, hallelujah, 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 amen. That's a beautiful prayer of faith. So look this way just for a moment. We worship, we teach, and we pray. The miracles happen when we pray, and that's what we're about to do now. Our prayer team is here to pray with you and for you. If you're opening your heart to Christ for the first time, it's essential you let someone pray with you before you go so you can confess Jesus as my Savior and Jesus as my Lord. But whatever other needs you have, whatever walls are between you and where God wants you to be, we can pray together and we can believe together and in community walls will come down. That's why we're here. You can also, if you'd like to receive and just be blessed by the presence of Jesus in the Holy Communion, you can do that. The bread and the cup of the Lord which causes us and we should come to the table in remembrance. So our focus is not on the walls in communion, our focus is on Jesus. Our focus is not on ourself or our sin or our shame, our focus is on Jesus. Knowing that he went to the cross, he took away all of our sin, all of our shame, and we trust him for salvation and we celebrate his presence. We take the bread and the cup of the Lord and we receive them into ourselves saying, Lord, you are with me, you never leave me, you never forsake me. And we take from bread because we're all announcing we're part of one big loaf. We're together in this. So you can come. You don't have to be a member of this church to receive prayer or communion. Just come and receive what God has for you today. If you've been a guest here today, thank you so much for coming. We know God has so much more for you, and we'd love to see you growing and receiving and opening up spiritual truth in your life. We're here to help you do that. If you've been a guest and you've never stopped by our VIP room, you are a VIP as a person that's new here maybe you've come for a few weeks maybe you've never stopped by VIP do it today please we'd like to give you one of those cups those magic cups (laughs) we'd like to give you the scriptures if you're not the scriptures we'll give you the scriptures and just encourage you so I'm gonna pray a prayer now and just bless you after this prayer there's there's no other benediction after this people will come forward for prayer and you're welcome to come people will worship with the worship team and you can put your focus on Jesus People will receive communion. You're welcome to do that. People will go with the grace of God. I pray that you'll walk out of this room by faith, and I pray you'll walk out of this room under the blessing of God. So as I pray this blessing, I'm going to open my hands towards heaven. I invite you, if you'd like to receive this blessing, to do the same. You can close your eyes. Don't be self-conscious or conscious of what anybody else is doing. But, Lord, here are your sons and your daughters, and they're just opening their hands before you which is a Bible way of praying, and I'm praying that you will pour the grace of the Holy Spirit upon them. I pray for transformation. I pray for the anointing that breaks every wall down to be their portion. I pray that the God of hope will fill each one with joy and peace as they trust in God, so that they will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray the Lord will bless you in the strong, mighty, and majestic name of Jesus. And in Jesus' name, you are a very blessed person. And all of God's people say together, Amen. Let's give the Lord just an ovation of praise. So good to be together. We love you so much. And please come forward for prayer, for communion worship team. Just begin to lead us, please.